0: And we're back. Dirt Talk, coming to you live from Nashville, Tennessee. It's your hosts, Aaron
1: and Alex. I have we even I think we've even stopped doing intros. I just think that there's less value to them. Okay. I agree. I liked that we started them. I think it made sense to start there because a lot of podcasts do that. Well, I think what I my initial goal was to remove you doing an intro while the person's sitting on the phone or sitting in the room with Which
0: you. Which makes it super awkward.
1: Like, that was awkward. Yeah. And so then we did added an intro, and it just, like... It was just fine. There wasn't, like, a content there. And so getting rid of it and me just, like, making sure the person's name is really clear in the labeling of the episode, I think it solves all of it.
0: And I don't... um yeah, and I don't want to be like another one of those podcasts. Where it's like, we should just copy Joe Rogan, but there's a lot of value in how he does it. And I've started to see. Well, and he's he's not
1: the only podcast that does it that way. Either. No, no,
0: no, no. I mean, and and maybe it wasn't even his idea. Probably the most well known though, but sure. it works well for this format, mm-hmm. for the audience, for the guests we have. It's just I like it much better.
1: There's a, there was a podcast I listened to for a number of years. Um, it was called Nerdist. And it was more just like pop culture, long form conversations with um, actors or just like well known people, mm-hmm. and it almost every episode they'd just be talking and kind of everybody sitting down and putting headphones on, and then they'd kind of be talking and eventually the guest goes, "Oh, are we recording?" He's like, "Yeah, we just kind of start and just kind of go," and I just like loved that because like that's yeah. like real life because it feels like you're in the room with those people yeah like that just felt really real to me yeah and so the more that we have done them that way that's why i just stopped like i'm not going to ask Aaron for an intro and i'm not going to record one either this is better this way i like it i like it
0: yeah yeah i that's why i like and i've always made a point of this from the beginning when we started the podcast i don't like editing out mistakes if we I know you have to edit things this, yeah the podcast is edited mm-hmm. it, it's still a formal production and it makes it a lot more enjoyable to listen to when it's edited uh, but but if we screw up or do something stupid like I just knock over my water right now and which we leave that in hopefully doesn't it, it, that would be left in yeah because it makes it relatable
1: it's like oh wow that's so funny and then like especially think about things that you follow or listen to or whatever like when they show real life stuff like that's more compelling that's more interesting mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's very few things that it's like. If this is not dialed in perfectly, it is not going to be as good. Like there's just very few things like that in today's world that are yes. that are conversational, that are are meant to be loose. Yeah, you can't, it can't be loose and tight at the same time. Like yeah. it just doesn't make sense. Well,
0: I, I like that we're I like that we're not doing intros anymore. Before we started recording, you were asking if all dozers have rippers. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's a podcast dirt talk topic. Yeah. I mean, I, I know the answer, but for like the listeners, if you want to, sure, of course, you already know. Yeah, of I course. already know. Um, the answer is they don't always have rippers. Okay. There's specific applications that have no ripping whatsoever. Like if a dozer is in a coal pile or in wood chips or in a landfill, they will never have rippers. Uh, or if they do, I don't know why they do. They're they were, never getting they were, put down. Yeah, they're never getting put down. The thing is, those dozers, though, they always have counterweight on the back end. So you'll always see something on the ass end. And that's because the dozer is balanced to have that weight on the back of the machine. So even if they have taken off the rippers or whatever, yes. they still have to have something back there. It's It's engineered to have a certain amount of weight on the back of the machine with the ripper. That's Got how it. they do it because most dozers do have rippers on them. Um, a difference too is, uh, in a place like middle Tennessee. So someone will go buy a new D8. They'll go Thompson machinery, put it in the shop and remove the ripper because it's just rockier. So User no one would never use it. Yeah. That's the funny thing. You see all these dozers with no rippers on them and they kind of look funny without rippers mm-hmm. like a D8 or something a little smaller or a, a little bit bigger like D8, D9. They just kind of look funny without them. Like a dog without a tail. Like, wait a minute. There's something missing here. Mm-hmm. And they put just little counterweights on the on the back end.
1: Okay. Cause I, I think that's sort of what I meant by it's like, I mean, I've lived in middle Tennessee for ten years. And like I just don't see Mm-mm. the rippers in real life very often.
0: Oh, last time I was at Thompson, they were taking a, <laughs> a, a ripper assembly off a D eight. It's just standard practice around here. Yeah. It's like, well, we don't need it. So yeah. take it off. Yeah. They bought it from some other territory and Right? We're not going to use this here because it's just straight up rock. But then I was just out in Denver, Colorado, Bemis. They run D9Ts. Of course, they all have rippers on them. And they're, they're probably triple shank rippers. And they're sitting there just ripping the cut over and over and over again to prepare for the 631s or 627s.
1: What is the um, like ad 9 t What's the difference between a D9 and a D9T? Or is it the same thing? It's, it's the same machine. It's oh, just
0: okay. a D9T is like a it's like a 2021 Ford Super Duty versus a 2018. It's just like that new model. They don't run off model years. They run off these just weird lettering systems. Got it. Okay. But then Caterpillar, for whatever reason, I don't know how they're going to future-proof this whole thing, but they removed the letters off dozers. So now it's just D1, D2, D3, D4, D5, D6, D7, D8, D9, D10, D11. There's no T's. There's no R's. No more trim package, man. You're getting stock base. Just just a, buy a D11. It's just a D11. Er, For a while, it was like D10 T2. Yeah, that starts getting confusing. So, so now there's a 2 after it. So, they just way simplified it, which kind of made it a little bit more complicated. Mm -hmm. Because it's like, you have a D6, you had a D6 T and a D6 N. Now, a D6 N is a D5 but a d6t is a d6. And it's like come on guys, come yeah, on. Yeah, that is and, confusing. And maybe I just screwed that up. Maybe a d6 n isn't a I I don't know. I don't I don't know. I don't know which is which anymore. Well, you answered
1: some of my questions <laughs> in a way that I feel like I have closure. Yes. Oh lord. So that's what we have going. The dirt talk, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. And then every
0: manufacturer does their own thing because of course they all have to be different from one another. Mm-hmm. So Some manufacturers that like their naming convention makes a lot of sense. Others, it's just completely arbitrary because they want to be different. That's just how it is. Okay, but they're all letters and numbers. It's not like the Caterpillar Excalibur excavator. Like, what if what if equipment was named like cars? I mean, it would it would be cool. You'd you'd have
1: to they'd have to be like really badass. Yeah, it's like. We have like a naming game when we're like, I say we like my wife or like with friends if we're driving and we see uh, like campers because they all have kind yeah, of ridiculous yeah, yeah. names. Um, you we'll add a, a phrase in front of it that's you know makes it a little PG thirteen, but um, the the names are all over the place when it comes to campers RVs. Yes, some of them are really cool. Like it is like you said like Excalibur. Yeah, but other times it's just like the sun yeah it's like oh okay
0: (laughs) why do rvs always have the
1: stupid designs on them i'm with you Uh, um how did that become a thing who is who is approving them (laughs) like oh yeah that looks like today's design sure uh they're all like these brown like
0: wispy little wind things across the (laughs) across the (laughs) rv you're like that looks stupid. I don't. I I'm think sorry. the person
1: who designs RV uh, like logos and stuff is the person who designs the classic wolf shirt.
0: <laughs> that's what I feel like it is. Yes. Yeah. The only one that's kind of figured it out is like Airstream, for example. Yeah, it's just that's beautiful, awesome. elegant. I I could get behind that. But all of these RV, they just look stupid. I like either I would just get white, black, or an Airstream.
1: Airstreams for forever. My grandparents had one and. They would just, like, drive it to Florida, you know. They mm. were the types of snowbirds, but they didn't, like, they, like, lived in a trailer down in Florida, you know, just, like, a like mobile home. That was their thing down there. And when they were at home, they used the Airstream as just, like, another room or two. Super cool. So when people came and like yeah, you just, like, you're going to stay in the camper. And that was, like, so cool. It was probably nicer than the house. Those things oh, yeah. are. It was slick. And, you know, I'm sure they like had to beg someone to take it when it was, when they got rid of it. And now that thing would be worth $100,000. Yeah. They're, that's the problem. They're so expensive.
0: Mm-hmm. But even RVs in general, like in fifth wheel,
1: dude. And you can't sell them. Like they're impossible to move. Crazy expensive. That's mm-hmm. a
0: whole, and right now you can't, but you, you can't buy them right now, especially the like pandemic. Everyone started buying RVs. Interesting. Yeah.
1: Oh, oh, huge, huge. Explosion. We've got a neighbor who they like got one from, you know, her, her parents passed away and they had one. And so they like, you know, took it on a couple trips and were like, we don't really want an RV and basically came out even on like mm. what it costs to, you know, make some repairs and do all that stuff. Yeah, I don't think they're a very good investment. Well, they're definitely, it's honestly like the combo of cars and, I mean, it is a combo between a, a car and a, a home, but. You know, homes typically appreciate, yeah, and cars definitely depreciate unless you have like a you know, yeah, a jeep or something. Basically, well, it's, de-
0: it's depreciating, and then you have the expenses of essentially operating a home, like and semi truck.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, just operating that thing. Woof. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it's not like you roll into any gas station in America. Let me put in forty bucks. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, you're spending a lot on day to day. You know, if if you take it out a lot.
0: Yeah, I still I still want one. I still that I I really cool. I just want a small airstream trailer that I pull behind my pickup truck. Sure. And one of the one of the small ones. I don't want anything elaborate. I don't want to... the thing with the big RVs is you start to really limit where you can take them and yeah. put them. You I can't mean, go
1: to a restaurant just like on your travels. You have to like yeah. you have to then have to pull a car behind you like it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. Yeah.
0: And and you're basically I'm not a big like RV park kind of guy. Mm-mm. I've done that. Just not not my thing. I like to go places with an RV, which is why originally when I started BuildWit, I was going to buy a sprinter van and just travel around in the sprinter van. That's still an idea. I still want to build out a sprinter van. It'll happen at some point and we'll just drive it out onto a bunch of different job sites. Yes. Well, but the nice thing is the sprinter van. So you have everything you need to live. Cool. And you can take it anywhere. I mean, if you get the long wheelbase, you're still it's a pretty large, it's like driving a box truck, a pretty large vehicle. Yeah. But, so you, so you can't go in a parking garage, but it's, you can kind of take it anywhere.
1: Yeah, you can still park in almost any parking lot and, yes. you know, and be okay. Yeah. Um, One of my, I don't even say it's a guilty pleasure, maybe just one of my pleasures mm-hmm. is looking at outfitting videos of people who like customize the inside of a Sprinter van. I think it is one of the coolest things in the world. It's become this huge deal. Dude,
0: the, the money they spend on these sprinter vans. That, that's nuts. Yeah. If you want to like a fully built out one, like a nice one.
1: Like if you're not going to do it yourself.
0: Dude, quarter million dollars. No problem. Jeez. No problem. I mean, you can get them cheaper than that, but quarter million is not all that crazy for one of those. Yeah, things. if you want to go buy one that's done. Like done. It has bathroom, shower, mm-hmm. solar, like the full, full package. Yeah, like $200,000, $250,000. You can get a lot cheaper. I mean, mm-hmm. you can I mean, you can go way cheaper. You can put a two-by-four bed frame in the back and call it good. Like, yeah, and then you sleep there. And use a Home Depot bucket to, to shit in if you need something real bad. Mm-hmm. But I would want to go
1: kind of nice. Sure. I follow this guy um, at This Wild Idea. There you go. Enjoy that. Um, I, I think I follow him too. It's Pretty cool, yeah. His whole thing, but he's he's is he the one with the dog? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, yeah, it's cool, yeah, yeah. and he's th-
0: building the tiny home right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's always uh, kind of yeah. got
1: like projects. He lived in Nashville for a while. Yeah, um, but he he's got an outfitted like red Sprinter van that's very cool. But for a long time, and he still owns it. He's got like a like a '70s era F one fifty that he's got a a drop in camper in the mm. back like a, that pops up. I thought about that, too. It is awesome. Because you put that thing down, it's just a truck. Yeah. It's just a truck. You can go anywhere you want as long as a regular-ass truck can fit. And so, like, the Sprinter van thing is always very, very cool. But, like, I'm like, for somebody who's traveling with, like, him and his dog, like… That's the way to do it. Old-school Ford with a… Man, it's sick. And who knows where he's… Could find you? You can't find those kind of campers. No, it's like drop in, pop up campers.
0: No, I that that's the other way. I, I've even either like an off road version of a sprinter van because we we're going on job sites. It yeah. has to be somewhat pretty well, pretty rugged, or a yeah a, a back like something to fit in the pickup truck. And I've seen some badass ones in the back of pickup trucks. That'd but be cool. You put it in the bed of a a Ford or Toyota, like you're going to be good to go no matter where the hell you are or any pickup truck. I mean, yeah, like pickup trucks are pretty well made these days and they're built to go off road. So that's, that's a play. And I've very much considered that as well.
1: There's time. Oh, I'll I'll, uh, I'll
0: have one for sure.
1: (laughs) Yeah, uh, for sure. Uh, You let me borrow the 250 this week um, for about two hours. Man, I just I dream about the cab of that car. Mm-hmm. I ha- it is too far. I'm a very tall person. I'm uh, if I'm not the tallest person to build it, I'm the second tallest person to build it. I'm like yeah. solid six five. Yeah, Matt Matt Biddle's he's he's up there too. He's up there. So is uh, Justin too. Yeah, um, he's really a tall, tall guy like, too. Sure. We got a couple. We got a couple six four plus guys, mm-hmm. and. Driving the F 250, I I cannot reach the pedals if I run all the way back in the chair. If I it's take awesome, all the way back, I'm like, this is phenomenal.
0: Well, but the funny thing about the cabs in those, though, is the cab in that 250 is the same it's size. 150, yeah, I know. So, in the 150, you get the same same amount of room. They're awesome.
1: It They're just sick. like, dude, just driving a diesel truck, I just love it. You feel like a big. Child, it, it sounds different than a normal car, you know. Just doing regular unleaded. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I I don't know what it is, but I freaking
0: love diesel trucks. Mm-hmm. And i I was never one to look at a diesel truck growing up. Be like, I want one of those. But now that I've been in the construction industry, blue collar life, you know, pickup trucks they give you a weird amount of credibility for whatever reason.
1: And, oh, I fully agree. You we yeah. we've talked about that before. It's like pulling onto a job site. If you're in a pickup truck, that's you like specifically don't get like negative eyes oh no
0: in in that truck put my blinky lights on I can go wherever (laughs) I need to go that's a real guy I you do not no one asks you questions Mm -hmm. and it's it's awesome it's like we were joking about it yesterday walking into Disneyland with a ladder or a movie theater with a ladder just shoot the guy has a ladder I mean he's be
1: here for something yeah
0: he's definitely here for something (laughs) because who the hell would have a ladder otherwise
1: yeah I love that yeah
0: it's um,
1: it's a pretty good time yeah. Anyway, truck stuff. Enough about trucks. RV stuff. You know, nobody who listens to this podcast probably even has a truck. No,
0: no, none of that was at all relevant to our uh, our base.
1: Should we start calling like just our base? Our base. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, when I'm like writing stuff, I'll sometimes say like the listeners, but I don't like that that removes me from whatever I'm talking about. I like the base because we could be in the bait. We're still workshopping it folks you've got a better name for the dirt talk community for our you know I think seven or eight
0: listeners now yeah I mean, we're, we're gonna, growing we're gonna, we're gonna need a name for a- we're growing <laughs> we're growing we're we're steadily chipping away oh yeah I uh to provide everybody with a brief skidster update because I get a lot of questions about it right now and I'm not just saying that it's it's actually kind of funny how many people are are curious about how my little machine is doing? That's such like an influencer thing. A lot of people have been asking uh, me you about. Know, oh, guys, I'm getting so many questions. Ser- seriously, people have asked me a yeah, lot of times, a lot. and I know every time because it it pains me. It, a little piece dies inside of me every time I'm asked. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, miraculously, and I found this out yesterday. Miraculously, I thought the engine might be toast. I was prepared for them to say, "Engine, like you put a rod through it." Done. We're going to need to get a new one. Engine was good. So then they were like, well, turbo is probably toast because all the engine oil got into the turbo. Or uh, turbo is probably toast. Yeah. Because uh, the engine oil burned up and then turbo. Yeah. And then the DPF is toast because all the engine oil went through the DPF. Uh, Miraculously, turbo is good to go. They put it through dyno. We're in business. Awesome. They clean the DPF. So all the major components, good to go. Wow. Good to go. Yeah. So I shut it off in time. If you roll a machine, shut the damn thing off. If you didn't know that, there's your lesson. It's good to go, man. So I still haven't seen the final repair bill. I mean, it's gonna be more than like a hundred bucks. It's still gonna be pretty substantial. But
1: yeah,
0: $125. It's not <laughs> we'll see. It's it's not gonna be twenty grand to replace an engine, though, which yeah. is pretty cool. It's great. Yeah. So there's your your update. Sick. We're gonna be back in the dirt before you know it. Back in
1: the dirt. You know. You don't have a lot of credibility when your one machine is in the shop. I mean some credibility because it's like no. you were using it, but you know, you're not using it for what it's for, if it's uh Hanging up on the figurative wall.
0: It's like, I, well, I feel like I, uh, kid on Christmas morning. Um, we'll keep up with the dirt talk theme here. You're wearing a bulldozer yeah. shirt. So we'll, we'll keep, so there's, a um, uh, Lego just came out with a, a D 11 Lego. Very, very cool, but it's $500. So for all the people, and I, you I hate can to say this again, I've been asked so many times if I'm going to get it. I've mm-hmm. been sent it by so many people. What it just cracks me up, and I haven't posted anything about it. But everybody's just like, "Are He's you going want that? Are you getting it?" <laughs> like, no, it's five hundred dollars. I can't afford it right now. Um. So say you get this new D eleven Lego Christmas morning. You're just fired up about it. So stoked. You 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 get your hands on it. You build it. You're like, man, this is so much fun. It's remote control. You're so stoked to use it. You can remote control it from your phone. Yeah, and then very cool. The moment you get it all done, your parents just take it from you. Uh, we're going to take it for like four, five, six weeks. We're not even going to tell you how long you're going to take it for. <laughs> and so you're just sitting there. Uh, damn it. So that's where I'm at
1: right now. What is the biggest Lego set you like ever gotten? Have you like ever get like the Death Star or any of that? I didn't go that big
0: of a deal, but okay. I had some pretty cool. I had maybe a front end loader. And a rock truck, like different yeah. Legos, the early Technic versions of them back mm. in the day that were pretty cool. I might have had the Millennium Falcon. Oh, yeah. That was a big one. Yeah, That was a big one. But no, I, I was always looking at the catalog and you'd see like the Death Star or Star, Star Destroyer and they were just huge mm-hmm. and like. $1,200. <laughs> and you dream like about... Like 75,000 pieces yeah, or something? Yeah, you dream about getting your hands on mm-hmm. a Lego Star Destroyer. I mean... Would be sick. How cool would that be? I
1: don't know where you put it. You build your house around it, actually, I think yeah, is what they say.
0: Well, and that's the funny thing is, what the hell do you do with that once it's done? That's the clever thing about Lego is, I mean, for how much you're paying, for the amount of time that you actually use that thing... They're doing okay.
1: Well, yeah. It's, it's all about like, once you build it, then it's done. Yeah. You, you can't really all... like play with it. Although no. the remote-controlled ones, you can. Yeah, they've gotten a lot better it. It's at like a it. thing. Yeah. They've gotten a lot better at it.
0: But now the kids have iPads and shit. They need to keep them entertained past. That's true. Okay. It's all done. man.
1: Kids and their toys. You know what I'm yeah, saying? I'm, I'm really glad we spent some time talking about Legos on this podcast. Hey, man. I could bring Legos up every single episode.
0: Legos. Well, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people listening to this are parents. And Christmas time
1: is quickly approaching. Are you hinting to me that I need to buy <laughs> buy you the D eleven? No. I've I've told Jessica <laughs> what I want for Christmas. Okay.
0: I just want like a shop mechanic shirt with a patch
1: with my name on it and the build logo on. That would be great. It. So I to be a poser. Oh man. That no, that's sick though. Be like, and can you go leave it in a shop for like a month? get all kinds of grease stains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Run it over yeah, like and yeah. then bring it over. Yep. That would be like So I look like a working man. <laughs> look like a working man. Um Anyway, enough about Legos, enough about toys. All right. Got a couple questions for the old Diggity Dirt Talk podcast.
0: Let's um, well shoot that that's a new name right there.
1: The Diggity Dirt Talk? Diggity Dirt. Yeah. Uh first one's from our friend Christian who asked a couple weeks ago about um, just like getting into reading you know starting to what kind of books you know he should read if he's like not doesn't spend a lot of time reading currently nerd stuff nerd stuff um, so he said he ordered three of the books that you talked about which is pretty cool that's super cool Um, so he also wanted to ask about podcasts Um, he said now that I've taken Aaron's book recommendations I'd like to hear what podcasts Aaron enjoys listening to whether he's working in the build office on the road on a plane, or sitting at home thinking about how he rolled a brand new machine onto its lid. No shame. It happens.
0: I could probably give a skid update after this question, too. Oh, yeah. That would be good. Um, I honestly, I listen to this podcast a lot to audit my speech. I'm trying to get my thoughts out more mm-hmm. effectively, and I'm trying... I'm just trying to think about how I talk and what I say and how I'm getting my points across. It really helps me do better at this. Yeah. Um, it sounds like very egotistical, but it's, it's more so I'm just being critical of myself while I listen. Yeah. So there's that. Um, I've always listened to Andy Frisella since he started podcasting with the CEO project. So if, if, if you haven't listened to the MF CEO project, I highly recommend going way back years and years and years and listening to those episodes. It's it's all about business and branding. It, there's a lot of really, really good stuff. And then now he has the real AF, which which I think I, I very much enjoy listening to. Mm-hmm. Um I listen to right now in the mornings, I listen to breaking points. So to get my little bit of politics happenings in. Yeah. Um, I've started to like from a political standpoint. I like listening to stuff on both sides and just all in between, and agreeing with some stuff, completely disagreeing with other stuff, and just mixing it all together. Yeah. Uh, So I really like breaking points for that because I agree with a ton of what they have to say. Well, that's like their whole thing, right?
1: Is they're yeah they're trying to really walk the line and be critical of both sides, and And I think they do a nice job. yeah, Yeah, discern the truth.
0: So I listened to them, Listen a lot of Joe Rogan, big fan of, of Joe Rogan, what he has going on. What else? Do, let me look. I've always listened to stuff you should know if you just want to listen to those, those two guys talk about different stuff. Mm-hmm. That's a great like driving podcast. If you have a long drive. Yeah. Cause they're long, right? And, and the, the banter they have back and forth, like those two guys, I think it's Josh and Clark. I'm a huge, huge fan of. So that's about it. Maybe Jocko podcast every once in a while mm-hmm. is uh, I'm if a big wanna fan get, of. Gonna get lit, yeah. Well, his podcast isn't. I know. i Yeah, but his his
1: podcast is remarkably well done. They're so long, but there's they've they've built up like a really good like rhythm to the podcast that mm-hmm. it's. I don't know. I, I it I think the it would be easy to look at it and be like they're probably on there yelling the whole time talking yeah. about stay hard. Yeah. And there's like a lot of like vulnerability and like um, really like low key stuff that is pretty fascinating. I, th- I like on that podcast. Yeah.
0: A lot of people, a lot of people, they just, I feel like they've, they tune Jocko out a little too fast before they actually see what he has to say or like really dive into how he delivers the message, so mm-hmm. on and so forth. It's, it's extraordinarily compelling. A lot of his interviews.
1: To be fair, the cover of his metaphorical book is pretty intense. Yeah, But there is like a lot of depth and um, nuance to what he actually says.
0: Yeah, and he has a lot of veterans on. It's a lot of war stories. Mm-hmm. And there's a different side of humanity that comes out in war. Oh, yeah. And he does a really nice job unraveling all of that. So I'm a big, yeah. big fan of that podcast. Yeah. So that's what, I, that's what I listen to that's for what whatever listens it's worth. To.
1: Yeah.
0: But I, uh, yeah, I listen to podcasts every morning when I run typically is when I consume them for the most part.
1: It took me a while to move into podcasts during exercise because I'm like, well, I need like, you know, some sort of like pump up or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And like the older I've gotten, the, the easier it is to listen to podcasts when I'm running or doing whatever because I can't segment the time in my head the same way. Mm-hmm. versus like if i'm listening to a song and i've heard three songs i could vaguely guess how long i've been running sure but if a podcast is going i don't know you just kind of well, like
0: and you know. you'll get into like a really good interview and they'll be like shoot four miles was like that yeah i like wasn't even thinking about it yeah i listened to the last marathon i ran i was listening to a podcast the whole time really i was listening to really F. yeah nice thank you andy frisella for getting me a uh pr
1: was it was more than one episode
0: no because they're long yeah it was like a two hour episode or so and
1: then and then I would just listen to music the rest of the time yeah for, for the first two hours yeah I just listened to a podcast yeah Aaron's marathon time of two hours 59 minutes 57 seconds or 52 52 boom Something I, know, like yeah. that. I was like 52 just yeah. under three hours perfect I needed to work that in somewhere uh, another Trick. great another great question from Cole okay he addresses this question to build with okay like, as a whole thing Well, I'm the official spokesperson of BuildWit, so... There was a time when you were BuildWit. I was. So, we'll take it. I was. I'll allow it. Yep. All right. From Cole. He says, BuildWit, have a couple questions. First off, love what you're doing in the industry. Thanks, Cole. As a young business owner, how do you earn the respect of those older slash more experienced than you while also holding those same people accountable?
0: This is a hard one for me to answer because... Honestly, I've never struggled with it all that much, which I guess has been the way I've done it is not worry about it. Yeah, I I, I've always been around older people, Hmm. and I've always been kind of an older soul, and I've always related to like my friends' parents growing up. Well, you do eat dinner at five o'clock. I do go to bed at
1: like eight thirty. So you have that in common.
0: Yes, sir. And. Uh, yeah, I've always been around adults. So for talking to people much older than me, it's never, it's never even really registered. Um, with blue collar people, though, it might be significantly different. Mm-hmm. And like, it was funny. We just talked about this on a podcast. A bunch of my TikTok comments, me explaining how six thirty one scrapers work. I get it. You guys are all six thirty one scraper experts. Or it's like <laughs> you should. You six thirty ones. You should see some six fifty sevens. They could run circles around the six thirty ones. Okay, cool. Like probably like you, you probably, and you clearly understand equipment economics. It like Jesus. Um, but the the funniest thing was like there was no respect. The, what like this kid looks like he's twelve. And in fairness, I do look like I'm twelve. I still can't grow facial sure, hair. I get it.
1: You do have a little bit of uh, a yeah. something, something on the chin right now. This, this is mm, probably a week. Okay,
0: about maybe five six days. Sure, is okay. what I'm doing. Yeah. So, the I think the big thing is allow them to participate in building the plan. We've talked about this with Jocko. We've talked about this a lot of times.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Ask them what they think. Allow them to have a say in how we do things. Don't act like you know everything. Don't be the guy that's, I know everything. I'm the first one to admit when I'm wrong, when I'm an idiot, when I don't know something, that's how you get people's respect. That's why I think I've done well within the organization is, guys, I'm doing my best here, but I don't know what I'm doing. Or, hey, like I really screwed that up. Can you help me out here? Or what do you think? I, I don't, I, I think it's just less of a, it's less of a generational thing. And, and then as a leader and as a business owner, it's entirely your problem to get to figure this out. It's not really their problem. So you need to figure out how to interact with these guys and how to get them to interact back. And it's just trust, respect. You gain that trust and respect by being genuinely curious about what they have to teach. And if you're not being weak as a leader, as a young kid by asking someone that works for you how to do something, that's the point. You don't know everything. That's why you can't do everything. That's why you hired them in the first place. If You could do everything. You don't need people to work for you. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's the point of it. Um, it's the opposite. You're showing strength. You're showing respect. You're showing curiosity when you ask these people and talk to these people about what do they think? What's the best way to do something? And get them bought in on it. Yeah. And maybe you see a better way to do something, but they want to do it this way. Maybe to earn that respect, you do it that way for a while. And you put your ego aside and say, hey, I'm, this guy's been doing it for 40 years. Maybe he knows something I don't. And then you get that respect. And then when you want to speak up, you have that leadership capital. They might actually listen. It might take you six months to get there. Yeah. But that's cool. So I think like young guys, uh, don't be insecure about it. Watch how your ego is playing a role in it. And even if someone works, like that doesn't mean anything. And just know as an employer, everybody has a lot of options right now. So like you need to listen to me because I give you a paycheck. They can just be like, okay, well, screw you. The guy, I I just passed five help wanted signs on the way here. So I'm just going to go down the street. Like you're not really in control, by the way, like newsflash, you as an employer, you don't run the show anymore. Sorry to tell you that. Uh, and so act accordingly. Like, I think that's what I would do. Care for people. Really care about them. Really go out of your way to make sure they have what, what you need. Serve them. That's how I would do it. Mm-hmm. That's how I would do it. And you might have just a crusty asshole who does not just constantly push his back. Then get rid of them too. That's okay as well. Like, if you really can't push through. If some guy's just being a an, a total asshole and really poisoning the well. that Then get rid of them. Okay. And maybe you really need them. You're better off getting rid of them and figuring out how to make do and then finding the right person than keeping that person for fear of of missing deadlines or something like that. Yeah, I'll t- I, 10 out of 10 times from a cultural perspective, if someone's really a pain in the ass, which there are some of those folks. Sure. Okay. Move on. So that's what I would do. I would look to serve that individual try to learn as much as I can from them because if they've been doing it for 30 40 years they've done it a hell of a lot more than you have even if you think you know a better way to do it a lot of times you're that's probably not the best way to do it the way they're doing it is probably the best way to do it Yeah, because they've been doing it yeah like cool idea kid but I've tried that it actually doesn't work
1: this is why so this is why I do it so it's I feel like those dynamics, I mean, would certainly be tough like on the surface, but it is one of those things where you have to kind of like give up a certain like sense of control almost if you're the, you know, if you're the business owner where it's, you know, it's like you, you have expertise in some things
0: Mm -hmm.
1: as typically as like the business owner, like there's a reason you are the business owner. But having like the humility to say I don't I am not an expert in every single thing my company is doing. Therefore, I'm open and um, eager for these conversations with people who probably are experts at you know weak weak spots for in my you know experience. Yeah, um, I mean that's certainly like how you've grown with. You know, like you're obviously not the oldest person here. You're not the most experienced person. Yet, like you have, you've defined your role, and to be here's the things that I'm bringing to the table that are the most valuable for the team. And then, basically, since then, you and the the leadership team and all that have hired people to be like, where do we have you know weak spots? Where do we have blind spots in terms of what we're capable of? Oh, we'll go, we'll identify those those places, and then go find people who are experts in those things. And so, like, I, I think even when we've not had to go hire somebody, but like find who who at this company is good at this thing that we're currently not doing. Like we identify that and bring them into those conversations. And so I feel like to me this kind of feels the same way where it's like, you know, there is a bit of just like how do you communicate with somebody who's much older than you, who has a lot more experience and might not be as open to like, constructive, constructive conversations. But like that's like a – to me that's like separate from – how do you lead somebody who has expertise that you don't? Because to me, like that's what this question sounds like. Yeah. And that's what you've been, ta- that's more of what you've been talking about.
0: Yeah. I think um, it's its a real thing. Uh, the pride thing and that's all there. But if you just, if you really genuinely care for people, if you really uh, maybe work alongside them for a while and you don't have to go to work with them, you know, side by side for 40, 50, 60 hours a week. But if something sucks, and they're slogging out in the rain, all right, maybe you do that too with them. How can I, or even the fact that you're just out there in the rain with them. That's a quick way to gain respect. Yeah,
1: just be out there.
0: Yeah, it's all about just, Interesting point. It's, just it's just flipping the, flipping the paradigm. And, and too many people, because I'm the business owner, I'm the boss. It's like, you're not the boss. That doesn't make you a leader or anything like that. It doesn't make you listen, make people really listen to you, respect you, nothing. You mm-hmm. have to earn it. And you earn it by doing it. However, you do it anywhere else is just caring for people, listening to people, asking questions. That's that.
1: Mm-hmm. Do Do you think there are any misconceptions about um, just leadership in general? That it's like the Myth of you know leadership is telling people what to do, and really it's listening to what they have to say. Like, is there anything that kind of jumps out to you, just as we're talking about this? Well,
0: the the the, the big thing, the big the one of the big slaps in the face when I did the the council event with Echelon Front was when Jocko said, you know, "The best missions," and I've talked a lot about this. The best missions were when I just sat in the Humvee and just said, "Execute, execute, execute." you think the leader's out there leading the charge, you know, seeing things the crew's not and laying out the plan and this and that. Everything you think a good leader is is almost always the complete opposite of what a good leader actually is. And that was a crazy breakthrough in logic for me. So rather than like, and this is a good example, how do I get people's respect? Do I try to prove myself more or try to assert myself, it's like, no, uh, you'd probably better off deferring to these people. And okay, if they're really adamant about doing something, at least just, why? so why are we doing it this way? And coming at it from a genuine sense of curiosity, not to go prove them wrong, but to, okay, shoot, like Ralph, I mean, he really wants... I want to do it this way because I think this is going to be more efficient. But he's saying we're doing it this way. Fuck! Like, why don't I? Instead of getting frustrated, I'm going to talk to him about. Can you explain why we're doing it this way? Like, wh- why? Why are we going to do it this way? He's going to lay out rationale if
1: I approach it in a curious, a mm-hmm. legitimate, yeah, caring, curious way, and not a judgmental. Like, I need you to explain this to me because I think it should be this other way instead. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then that opens up the door for conversation as, and then you can ask him, well, uh, so we're going to do it this way and that makes sense. But did you, did you consider this? Like, did you consider that there's going to be trucks here at 1 PM and you're going to be in their way? And you might know something that he doesn't as boss, as kind of big picture, seeing the whole project. Um, and maybe he didn't, and maybe you work through that together, but you're it's just you're coming at it from a... a you, you could just assert yourself and say, no, we're doing it this way. And then you build resent and you're not going to build any kind of team that way. Yeah, I've just I've been admitting I don't know what I'm doing and being curious and deferring to others has served me really well so far.
1: I like that you're highlighting the word curious too. I mean, I think the, there's a lot of conflict resolution that can come from just curiosity in general.
0: That's like the the root of the root of conflict resolution is instead i'm trying to instead of just digging in on my side and proving i'm right i alex feels this way for some reason let me actually spend my time figuring out why alex feels this way i'm way better off
1: doing that than trying yeah. to prove my point than being like no you should actually be feeling this way yeah. yeah you don't get anywhere with that no and that's not even business that's just yeah, relational. Yeah. Uh Cole, thanks for reaching out. It's a great question, man. Uh, I think that is a Dirt Talk Monday edition. Yet another we did it.
0: yet another podcast. We did it. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, if you have questions, comments, anything of the sort, send them on over to dirt at We would love to hear from you. I do love those emails. Alex loves the emails, Uh, fan mail, whatever you want to send us. Uh, If you want to send us anything to the office, stickers for the sticker wall or whatever it may be, 1400 Adams Street, Suite 202, Nashville, Tennessee, 37208. And with that, we'll see you on the next episode. Stay dirty, everybody. Thanks, y'all. Oh,
1: okay. No more podcasting today for you. Oh, I got one more. It's okay. (laughs)